At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Always on Twitter at Scott's on air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Uh, coming up, we had such a great time doing this football roundtable. I figure let's do a baseball roundtable. So about 15 minutes or so from now, we'll be joined by our very own Greg Peterson, as well as Justin Perry from Odds Checker as we talk all things Major League Baseball. Let's get into some baseball topics here and talk about the struggling New York Yankees. The Yankees, who were beaten by the Mariners in a 13-inning marathon on a Tuesday night, lose on Wednesday 4-3 after a Carlos Santana home run uh, gave the Mariners the lead. Nestor Cortez was brilliant as he threw six innings of work. He allowed three runs. All three runs came in the seventh inning as the game kind of got away from him there. And um, this was a one nothing Seattle lead after Sam Haggerty hit a home run. That was uh, in the, I guess that was in the uh, bottom of the sixth inning, maybe? Yeah, bottom of the sixth inning. He scores the run there, hits the home run off of uh, Cortez. The Yankees then, in the top of the seventh, score three runs on a Kyle Higashioka home run, and then Aaron Judge hit his 45th home run of the season. So the Yankees had a 3-1 to one lead going into the bottom of the seventh, and that's when um, the wheels kind of fell off for Nestor Cortez. Uh, Mitch Hanniger with an RBI single, and then uh, Santana with the two-run home run. Mariners score three in the bottom of the seventh, take a 4-3 lead, and that was all she wrote as the Yankees lose their second straight game. And they have now lost, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight of their last ten games they have lost. But it gets worse. If you look since, I guess, the... um, all-Star break, the Yankees are 7-13. and 13. And as our friend Jason Weingarten points out, three of those wins of the seven were against the Kansas City Royals. And if you look at the, the Yankees and 
the money that you have bet on them since July 4th, they are the worst in baseball on the win-loss profit margin. The average line for the Yankees since then was minus 179.4. The Yankees are 13 and 19 in that stretch. And if you bet $100 on them, you are down $1,775. The most profitable team since July 4th has been the Los Angeles Dodgers. And it makes sense. They just keep winning. They just won their 10th in a row. But also, the Baltimore Orioles, who are 22-8, and eight, and the Seattle Mariners, 22-10. and 10. The New York Mets are 24-9 and nine since July 4th. And, yeah, Dodgers 27-4, and four, now 28-4 after tonight. Orioles 22-8, Mets 24-9, and 25-9 after today's win. These are the best teams that are rolling here since the second, well, I guess the second half of the season was after the All-Star break, but really since July 4th. The worst teams have been the Yankees, the Brewers, the Rangers, the Red Sox, Marlins, Blue Jays, and some of these teams are playoff contending teams. Yankees, Brewers, even throw in the Red Sox, even though they're five games out of a wild card spot. Blue Jays are a wild card team. Padres, 15 and 17, not looking good since July 4th. They are a team that's competing for a wild card spot. So it's been kind of the teams that you don't expect that have been playing good baseball and that have been winning you money since that moment, like the Cincinnati Reds, uh, the Royals even, uh, the Diamondbacks, the A's. The A's are you know 15 and 15, but based on the average price of their games, you're winning some money betting on these teams. So you look around Major League Baseball, Dodgers, of course, you know, they've won 10 straight. They're great. Phillies are rolling right now. They've won 12 of their last 13. They have won uh, seven straight games. Mets are rolling eight out of their eight out of their last 10. They've won six straight games. Uh, other teams that are you know, on a roll right now. Cleveland has won four straight, seven of their last 10. Baltimore's won seven of their last 10. Uh, let's see. The Cardinals have won eight of their last 10. And the teams that are really struggling, you know, obviously bottom feeders like the Marlins, uh, even though the Marlins aren't, I guess you can consider them a bottom feeder, 49 and 61. But both the Marlins and Nationals have only won twice in their last 10 games. Same thing with the A's, the Tigers, who fired their general manager, Al Avila. And uh, even those New York Yankees have lost eight of their last 10 games games. The Yankees are lucky that they built themselves up quite the cushion because if they didn't start out the beginning of the season just on fire and on a pace to shatter the 2001 Mariners record, I don't know where they'd be right now. And I'll tell you what, if the Blue Jays haven't been struggling also, the gap in the American League East might be a, you know, legit concern. Because I'll give you these numbers again here. As the Yankees, since that moment, since July 4th, have been, you know, abysmal, 
13 and 19, which I believe you can put 13 and 20 now after today. The Blue Jays, they're only 16 and 14. Not a lot of games being made up here by the team that is in second place. Just imagine if the Blue Jays put together a run where they win 9 out of 10 while the Yankees have been doing this and losing 8 out of 10. Man, it's a 10-game lead now for the Yankees in the American League East, but they're lucky that it is a 10-game lead in the American League East. Looking at the rest of the schedule for the Yankees, though, they have the 17th most difficult schedule remaining in Major League Baseball, which could also be considered as the, what, 13th easiest schedule remaining in baseball? Let's count the math. Uh, Here's who they have left. Two games against the Mets, three against the Brewers, seven against the Blue Jays, nine against the Rays, three against the Orioles, four against the Twins, four against the A's, two against the Pirates, three against the Angels, four against the Rangers, and nine against the Red Sox. And what's interesting is that the Red Sox are technically, because of their record and their positioning in the playoff race, considered as one of their easy opponents, although we know nothing is easy when it's the Yankees and the Red Sox. So a schedule that is not... uh, Not friendly down the stretch. However, if you look at the team that is trailing them, that is the Toronto Blue Jays. They have the ninth most difficult schedule remaining in baseball with seven games against the Yankees, two against the Phillies, nine against the Rays, three against the Guardians, and 13 against the Baltimore Orioles. Then they have six against the Red Sox, three against the Rangers, three against the A's, three against the Cubs, and three against the Pirates. I don't think the Yankees are in jeopardy of, uh, you know, making out of the playoffs. But this is uh, what, you know, the, the, the situation is at right now in the um, in Major League Baseball uh, in that division. Um, really cool thing happening here. You have uh, the 2022 version of the Field of Dreams game. It'll be the Cubs and the Reds. Game will be played here on Thursday. And the Reds are minus 115 with a total of nine. Remember last year, the Field of Dreams game between the Yankees and the White Sox. Major League Baseball had built this field in the uh, field, you know, not it's not the exact movie set. It's adjacent to the movie set. They built this stadium in Dyersville, Iowa, right on, you know, right next to the site. It's, it's the same complex, but, you know, it's not the actual movie field. It's right next to it. The Yankees and White Sox played a game last year, and there were a lot, there was a lot of speculation that... The old juiced baseballs were used in that Field of Dreams game. It was nationally televised uh, on Fox, and it was a big moment for Major League Baseball 
They had invested a ton of money into building this stadium on this site and made it a real thing. Remember, Kevin Costner came out and and introduced both teams. And it was, it was honestly, it was beautiful to watch on television. And then they announced they're going to do this every single year. So this year you got the um, Reds and, and Cubs playing in this game. Total is nine. I, I feel like I just have to, on principle, bet the over in this game. Because we're just going to see some runs being scored. There's going to be some long balls. We'll talk about that game and get the thoughts coming up of our baseball roundtable with our very own Greg Peterson, as well as Justin Perry from Odds Checker, who will join me next here on The Look Ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. On VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Ice cold beers, cold hard cash. Join the action on the pitch with the Heineken 2022 Soccer Prediction Challenge. Compete in 20 free to play pools this season for your shot at a share of $100,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Heineken now to start your run at Victory Heineken. Beer made better. 21 and over only terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Please drink responsibly. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. This is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network, as we uh, have our little uh, round table here discussing all things Major League Baseball. Joined by Justin Perry from Odds Checker, as well as our very own Greg Peterson. And Justin, let's start with you. Uh, how concerned are you with what you have seen lately from the New York Yankees? Oh, man, Scott, just hitting me right over the head the minute I get on the show today. Uh, yeah, it has not been great for the New York Yankees, but I'll tell you something. I see it every year when this New York Yankees team goes out west. There is always this scare. They always tend to fold the manners, get the best of them. They have trouble, you know, playing against the team like the Angels sometimes. So I think this is pretty routine. I always feel like the Bombers struggle on this road trip out to the West Coast. Yeah, uh, but it's just overall, you know, I mean, this is since July 4th. I think they, you know, they're they have the worst record in Major League Baseball, the worst profit margin in Major League Baseball. And you know, you go back to like the end of June. It's like the Kansas City Royals have a better record than the Yankees. So uh, it is very uh, disappointing, but that's why you build yourself up such a huge cushion earlier on in the season. 
Greg, let's uh, go to you. When it comes to the Yankees and projecting moving forward, do you take into consideration the struggles of the past couple of weeks, or do you brush it aside and just evaluate this team from where they're going to be? I think it's really hard to completely brush it aside because, I mean, you take a look at them since the 4th of July, they're 13 and 19. That is a relatively big sample size, a little bit over a month. And what I think is also concerning as well is that we've seen the Yankees really be a team that the last few years they live and die by the deep ball. And, well, when it winds up turning to September and October, those balls that might be going out in June, July, August, they might not be there for this team, and we've seen the bullpen start to regress, and I think that that's a big thing. If the Yankees' bullpen is firing all cylinders, not too much concern. If the bullpen continues to perform the way that they have been recently with Clay Holmes not being as locked down, I think that the Chad Green injury that was sustained towards the beginning of the season could wind up manifesting itself. That's where I would have my issues with the Yankees. Justin, the Phillies have been red hot. They've won 12 of their last 13, seven straight games as they prepare for a series against the New York Mets. Bryce Harper should be coming back. Is this Phillies team dangerous come October? Short answer is yes. I mean, this team is finally maybe putting it together the way everyone thought they should at the beginning of the season. They made a couple nice moves at the deadline, bolstered the back end with that bullpen. I know we didn't see David Robertson last night slash tonight, whatever you want to call it, but I really like what they've been able to do. I think that Nick Castellanos, I mean, we're still not really seeing the power out of him that I think people expected this season, but you throw Bryce Harper into the mix now. This team is definitely one to be worried about in the National League. I mean, you want to talk about New York teams that normally flounder in the summer. You'd expect it to be the Mets. Uh, but they seem to be riding pretty strong. I think it's going to be a very interesting series here to end the week between these two, you know, heated rivals. Uh, I don't know. I'm excited to see if the Phillies can do anything, especially with this new playoff format that we're getting this season. Greg, when it comes to those New York Mets, though, uh, in a postseason series, should they line up with the Dodgers in the NLCS? Would you take the Mets as an underdog in that series? I think that the Mets would have a little bit of value. And once again, the same question that I do wind up having with the New York Yankees, it winds up holding true with the Mets because I mean, Edward Diaz has been the best ninth inning guy in all of baseball this year. I don't think that there's much debating that, but past that, the bridge to be able to get their guys like Seth Lugo, Julie Rodriguez, are they going to be able to step up? And I mean, we talk about the struggles that are currently being had by the New York Yankees. You know who's not struggling right now? The Los Angeles Dodgers. <laughs> in the month of October, many, many times from the LA Dodgers, aside from 2020, they have not been able to get the job done. But this is a Dodgers team that they have really been the most profitable team in the big leagues over the last month plus. And I believe that they're 27 and four in their last 31 games. I mean, they're just tattooing a bunch of teams, actually 28 and four with the win that they want to get in tonight. So I take a look at this Dodgers bunch. They're right now just completely locked in. I would make them the favorite, but once again, it is one of those cases where the Dodgers, they have had their struggles in October, and when you're able to throw out their Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer, and if Chris Bassett can continue to pitch the way that he has recently, certainly had a lot of value on the bat. Justin, I want to ask you a question that I've been asking, that I, I, I did ask maybe about, I don't know, 
two, three weeks ago uh, of some guests, maybe even a month ago. And I'm curious to see what your answer is now, because I think it actually is different from what some of the guests have said in the past. And Greg will ask you the same question. But Justin, let's start with you. The Orioles and the Mariners, when it's all said and done, they will both make the postseason. One of them will make the postseason or neither of them will make the postseason. Oh, man, that that's a tough one. I think right now I'm going to put my money on one of them. I I just feel like there's something a little bit more worrisome about what the Mariners are doing in terms of like a complete team. And I'm kind of enamored with this Baltimore Orioles offense. I mean, we've seen a little bit of a cool down from Austin Hayes. But I mean, this this team is putting up numbers no one expected this season. I think that they're going to make it in. I think they're going to beat out the Mariners for that last spot in the American League. And it's going to be a good time seeing them in a series of three games against uh, that fourth team in uh, the AL. Greg, what about you? Both make the playoffs, neither make the playoffs, or one of them and which one? I think in all likelihood, it's probably going to be one, and it's probably going to be the Mariners. But day by day, the more I look at this, the more I think it's going to be both because I'm not liking what I see on the Tampa Bay Rays right now. The Tampa Bay Rays leader in home runs right now, Isaac Paredes, with 14 home runs. I think that he wound up hitting like nine of them in a three-week span, and ever since then, it's been dry. So I take a look at this Baltimore Orioles team, and the way that their bullpen pitching has been performing – I think it's going to be good enough to be able to get them in the postseason, and I think that they would be able to leapfrog the Tampa Bay Rays. I think that the Mariners are going to be able to make it, though, because with Julio Rodriguez, he should be coming back relatively soon. He's been banged up really ever since the All-Star break. That'll give them a little bit of a boost. And something that a lot of people are talking about, the Mariners over the last week have gotten Mitch Hanniger back in the fold. And if you remember Hanniger last season, he was the guy that when they were trying to make their playoff push last year, he was coming up with a bunch of clutch hits, you wind up having 30-plus home runs. That is a boost that not a lot of people are talking about for Seattle. Great point. Uh, Justin, who wins the Central, the Guardians, the Twins, or the White Sox? Wow, uh, that's going to be tough for me. I've been going back and forth on this one for weeks, it seems. I really feel like the White Sox are right there. I mean, they're, what, they're a game and a half behind the Twins right now, so it's really interesting to see who's going to pull ahead in terms of that little race. I I still like this White Sox team. I feel like the minute that some of those big names really start performing, we've seen such a disappointing season from guys like Juan Moncada, Eloy Jimenez, all these guys that you really just expect such like monster production from just haven't been there. The offense has been lackluster all season, but you know it takes a group like that just one hot month to pull ahead, get into the lead in that AL Central. I'm still going with the Chicago White Sox. I've been saying it for a month. I hope they don't uh, prove me wrong. Greg, what about you? Who wins, Guardians, Twins, or White Sox? I'm going to go with the Guardians here because they've got the better manager and one that doesn't find himself sleeping in the first inning of games. <laughs> I mean, shock, shock, surprise, surprise. That probably has a little bit of an impact, but with the White Sox, the one thing they don't have going for them is the meatball. Now, the Guardians, they themselves have not been able to crank out a bunch of homers, but that's been really surprising to take a look at with the White Sox and with the White Sox, they very much feast upon left-handed pitching against righties. They're still relatively solid, but I do take a look at this Guardians bullpen as well. Emmanuel Classe has been tremendous in that ninth inning. You've got more setup men with James Karinchek really being able to carve that niche as well. Other than Kendall Graveman and Liam Hendricks, he's got nobody 
in that White Sox bullpen. And you might wind up having the Cy Young Award winner with the White Sox in Dylan Cease, but the way that the Guardians have been able to piecemeal together their pitching, the way that everyone gets on base, I like the Guardians. Yeah, uh, you mentioned Dylan Cease, and uh, he does pitch here coming up on Thursday. Let's get to the Major League Baseball board for Thursday coming up next, guys, as we're joined by our very own Greg Peterson as well as Justin Perry from Odds Checker. We'll talk. We'll take a look at the games. Plenty of day games here on Thursday and the Field of Dreams game. Cough, cough, juiced balls. Cough, cough. We'll talk about that coming up next. I'm Scott Seidenberg. You can hit me up on Twitter. At Scott's on air, S C O T T S O N A I R. The baseball roundtable continues here on the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. This is. This is the look ahead on VSN, the sports betting network. Baseball predictions made brighter. Join the Born in a Ballpark Challenge presented by Blue Moon to compete free for cash all season. Enter weekly prediction pools to fight for your share of $62,500 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon now to join the action. Blue Moon made brighter. 21 and over only terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Please drink responsibly. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It's the look ahead here on VSIN as we continue our little baseball roundtable discussion with our very own Greg Peterson and Justin Perry from Odds Checker as we take a look at the baseball board here for Thursday. And I'm just going to jump ahead to Thursday night, guys, and let's talk about the Field of Dreams game in Iowa between the Reds and the Cubs. Last year, Justin, there was a lot of speculation over the old juiced balls being used between the Yankees and the White Sox as check swings were going into the cornfields. Do we get the same this year? Total is nine between these two teams. I think even if we didn't have the juiced balls for uh, this big game tomorrow, where we're going to see that total go. Uh, I mean, Nick Lodolo and Drew Smiley, neither of them are really super impressive to me. Lodolo has had some good outings. Smiley is just coming off of an impressive one against the Marlins, but the Marlins can't hit lefties for anything. And I know people are going to be worried about this Reds offense a little bit here. This lineup is definitely a lot more lackluster than it was two weeks ago, uh, losing players like Brandon Drury. And so, but I still think we're going to see those balls fly regardless of, uh, you know, who steps on that field tomorrow for the Reds, for the Cubs. Juice balls or not, I think we get this total over. Greg, what's your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I don't know if we're going to see the juice balls or not because let's call it what it is. The buildup for this year's field of dreams game is a little bit less because it's not the first one and two. It's Cubs versus Reds, so we don't have quite as much firepower there, but I do like the 8.5 to 9 over. This opened up at 8.5. I still like it over at 9. 9.5 is where I'd be feeling a little bit more tepid because Nick Lodolo, very good strikeout pitcher, but Drew Smiley has proven throughout his career he is certainly willing to serve it up. And I mean, even with these speculations of juice balls, also keep in mind last year, it was incredibly humid out there in the state of Iowa as well. And the ballpark dimensions, it's not necessarily too much of a hitter's park. It's not too much of a pitcher's park. This actually mirrors the... Uh, 
mirrors the dimensions of what we wanted seeing in old Kaminsky Park many years ago. So it's a relatively neutral field. I feel like this is a total of which a nine is relatively warranted. Nine would be the max I'm willing to go in over on. Let's start with the early games here, and uh, let's go to Edward Cabrera against Kyle Gibson. The Marlins taking on the Phillies. Philadelphia minus 165, Justin. Uh, hard to go against this team that has been as hot as Philadelphia has been, winners of 12 of their last 13 games. Yeah, it's it looks pretty tough to go against the Phillies right now in this matchup. The Marlins have been one of the worst offenses in baseball right now honestly and i mean you know especially if you get them against the lefty you should be going against them they're pretty gross against left-handed pitching but i still think tomorrow there is going to be some good value on the phillies i'm looking to take this one on the first five under though i think this is the way to look at it cabrera has had some pretty nice strikeout numbers i think he can probably fan five six maybe maybe seven over five innings he does use strikeout pitches a lot to get his outs uh, we've seen a good number there. So if he keeps the Phillies off the base path, at base paths, and then, of course, the Marlins, who just tend to score later in games, it feels like. I feel like that first five under is going to be pretty nice at four and a half. Greg, what's your take on this game? Yeah, I am right there with Justin. I'm going to be taking a look at the full game under, though, because with the Miami Marlins, they have scored three runs or fewer in every game this month. They have not exceeded three runs here in the month of August, which I find to be absolutely incredible. And as a matter of fact, these seven that we wanted getting in this Marlins versus Phillies game on Wednesday, that is the highest scoring game that they've had this month. Now, the Marlins pitching has actually been relatively good. They have not allowed more than four runs in a single game this month. Edward Cabrera in his last start, five million innings against the Cubs. Now, you've got to figure that he's going to be out a little bit of a pitch count. Miami. They're treating him a little bit with kids' gloves because it was the first time since mid-June that he wanted being able to take the mound. But I really look at this with the under, and if the Philadelphia Phillies can get to three or four runs, much like they wanted doing on Thursday, that might be enough to be able to cash a run line. And right now you're finding that with Phillies right around plus 125 to plus 130. I would need to get a little bit closer to a plus 130 to be able to pull the trigger on that. But I do think that there's some good value here with the Phillies being able to get it done against, as we said, a Miami Marlins team that they're just not generating any runs whatsoever. Jazz just love a lot of Ori Solera out the fold. Well, speaking of first five bets, uh, Greg, I'm going to be all over this first five with the White Sox and the Royals because Dylan Cease, uh, who could be the American League Cy Young Award winner, has just been absolutely lights out in his last 12 starts. No one in Major League Baseball pitching better than Dylan Cease. He's only allowed four earned runs, and those four runs came on four solo home runs, Greg. And even more impressive, Dylan Cease has been a master on the road this year as well. In 10 starts, he's got a buck 35 road ERA. That is absolutely insane. He's been able to go a little bit longer because he's been able to cut down on the walks as well. Last year he starts, he has given up three walks or more in just one of them. Meanwhile, he had given up three plus walks in each out of his previous three before this run. So him being able to lock down on the command is big because that's really the lone fault. That you're able to find with Dylan Cease's game, he's been able to be a little bit more accurate. That allows him to go into that sixth and seventh inning, which means that you can avoid more and more of that Chicago White Sox bullpen, which outside of Kendall Graveman and Liam Hendricks is not necessarily been too terrific. And I just feel like there's going to be regression here when it comes to Zach Greinke at home as well. He's got an ERA that's sub two at home and north of seven on the road. 
Kyle Kaufman feels not necessarily the worst pitcher's park in the world, no question about that, but I do think that the White Sox going to be able to do a good job generating some runs for Dylan C. I do think that the White Sox have good value here on the run line, and on top of that, I'm with you. I think that Dylan C. sees an opportunity with Justin Verlander not having the greatest start on Wednesday to be able to take hold of this AL Cy Young race, and I think that he comes out and delivers the job. I like the under and the run line. Yeah, five earned runs in his last 13 games, 95 strikeouts in his last 76 innings. You riding with this one, Justin? Oh, yeah. Yeah, how do you not? I mean, this guy is in impeccable form. I feel like even this Royals offense that looks to be putting some good charges into the ball right now, with Salvador Perez back, MJ Melendez hitting well, I just feel like, especially after a really solid offense performance from them on Wednesday evening, coming into this day game against Dylan Cease has got to be something they're not looking forward to. He is in impeccable form, as you guys have mentioned. I'm going to take that minus 110 that I found on the first five run line over at BetMGM tomorrow for sure. Yeah, that's the one I'm going to look at here. Uh, What do you guys think, uh, Justin, let's start with you, the Astros and the Rangers after playing into extra innings here on uh, Wednesday. They have an early game here on Thursday. Framber Valdez gets the start against Cole Reagans for Texas. Yeah, I saw Cole Reagans uh, gave up four walks in his last performance, and it didn't really come back to bite him. I feel like that is not going to be the case with a team like the Astros. There is a heavy price on this team for a reason right now. Of course, we've seen uh, Framber have some issues at home, actually. He's been pretty effective on the road, but I still think the Astros are the team to look at for this one. I, I feel like they're going to put some runs up early. Their team total for the first five innings is two and a half with the juice on the over, so there is some high expectations of them to get past that number or get to that number of three. I still think it's a smart play at minus 130. I expect them to uh, do some damage probably try to get this one a little bit more out of reach maybe sit some of the guys in like the second half of this game make some defensive substitutions after the extended uh contest from tonight uh we'll see though we'll see i don't know this is this is probably the play i'm a little bit concerned about minus 130 is a little juicy but i still like the astros to get three runs in the first five greg what are your thoughts on the orioles coming off an off day taking on the red sox who have really struggled for one, if you want to betting this a little bit earlier in the day, do note that it's going to be Dean Kramer that is going to be starting. It was looking like Austin Both a little bit earlier. I set Austin Both as a favorite on my personal handicap. And, I mean, when it comes to being able to get Kramer out there, I think that he's a little bit of an upgrade. I'd be willing to lay a price with the Orioles. And right now we're finding them between plus 110 and plus 120. Sign me up on this one for Dean Kramer. The team is 7-3 and three in his last 10 starts after they wound up beginning his career 3-15. and 15. Talk about a turnaround for this guy. 2.2 walks per nine innings in this time span with a 3.21 ERA. And for Josh Winkowski, he's got north of a 6 ERA out there in Fenway. He has not been able to pitch at home. And for that matter, Boston has been one of the lesser home teams out there in baseball. And they've got as many wins against the American League East in series this year as the three of us. It has not went well for the Boston Red Sox. In the division, I think that the Orioles are going to continue their misery. I like getting a plus price here with both of them. Yeah, I was looking at maybe laying a little juice and taking the Orioles on the plus a run and a half if I can get it below like a minus 150, minus 155. But right now it's minus 162, a little too juicy. We'll see how the movement goes throughout the course of the night and into Thursday. 
Justin, appreciate the time. Great insight as always. Greg, always love talking baseball with you as well. And we'll do this roundtable again soon, guys. I'm Scott Sadenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. VSIN.com. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. The college football guide is out now. Start your football season on the right foot with expert profiles of all 131 teams, including team trends, power ratings, and over under recommendations. Plus, our best season win total bets, Heisman hopefuls, and playoff predictions. The only way to get access to this year's football betting guide is to become a VSIN All Access subscriber. Sign up for VSIN All Access today and get everything we offer for the entire football season, including our upcoming pro football betting guide. Subscribe now at vsin.com slash subscribe. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It's a look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Uh, coming up uh, half an hour or so from now, we'll be joined by uh, football scout coach and consultant Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com as we will um, talk all things NFL preseason and we'll get into college football as well. Uh, wanted to update the ongoing Kevin Durant saga with the Brooklyn Nets. According to a report from Ian Begley of SNY, the Celtics and the Sixers are desired spots for Kevin Durant. Um, Ian says that Durant sees Boston as a desired landing spot, according to people that are familiar with the matter. Durant would also like to play alongside Boston's Marcus Smart. Very interesting. Um, (laughs) I don't know what that means. I don't know if Boston would be willing to make a deal, but it's just so typical of Kevin Durant here. I want to get traded, so... Who are my desired landing spots? Oh, I don't know. How about the best team in the Eastern Conference that just lost in the NBA Finals? That's the team I want to play for. 
let me just say this. The Celtics are contenders to go back to the NBA Finals without Kevin Durant. With Kevin Durant, depending on who they give up, they're favorites to win it all. Now, the package would have to be Jalen Brown first, and then you you move on there, but the core of the team would be Durant, Tatum, Smart. Like, that's what the team would look like, and then whatever other pieces they obviously have in place here. Looking at the um, roster right now, are there attractive pieces that the Nets would want? Yeah, absolutely. The Nets would want Robert Williams. The Nets would want Jalen Brown. The Nets would probably want, you know, maybe it's Malcolm Brogdon, who they own. I don't know if they could trade him. They signed them. Same thing with uh, Gallinari. But there could be a deal that could get done. If he plays for the Celtics, it would reunite him with Ime Udoka. And reportedly, those two have a strong relationship from when Udoka was an assistant at Brooklyn. And, of course, Udoka's time uh, as an assistant for Team USA. There had been reports that Ime Udoka would hold Nets players accountable in his time with the Nets. And maybe Durant is a little bit bothered by the fact that Udoka who was an assistant with the Nets gets hired to be the Celtics head coach as opposed to being the Nets head coach. Maybe that's something that he is not happy with. I don't know. He's obviously not happy with Steve Nash. Was okay with him last year, but maybe last year he was just okay because Udoka was on his bench. This whole saga drama is, I don't know if it's ever going to end. What I said last night on the show was, it's very difficult to trade Kevin Durant. And so... If you believe that he's not getting traded, that he's actually going to play from uh, for the Nets, well then, why not take a flyer on this team? And it's not because you're a firm believer in the in them to win it all. Or maybe it, you don't even have to like this team. But the number at 15 to 1 to win the NBA Finals, that number has the uncertainty of the Nets' future baked into it. Keep in mind, last year, the Nets were favored to win the NBA title. And that was factoring in all of the scenarios around this team. Kyrie Irving only playing at home. 
Kevin Durant injured. James Harden gone from the team. Ben Simmons probably not playing. But they were favored to win the NBA Finals because the idea of a whole Nets team is very attractive. If Kyrie plays with Kevin Durant, with Ben Simmons, this team good enough to beat anybody in the NBA. The 15-to-1 number that we're seeing out there right now is because when Kyrie wanted a trade, when Durant wanted a trade, the number shot up to like 28-30-to-1 and people bet it back down. Now it's sitting at 15-to-1 because of the uncertainty about this team's future. But it's so hard to trade Kevin Durant because there's, there's no package out there that's good enough to get him. And any team that wants to give up a package good enough to get him is not going to have anything left on their roster to contend for a title right away, which is why you look at teams like the Celtics and like the Sixers as teams that have enough to possibly get the deal done while still having star players intact that you can win a championship with. I said, in Boston, if it's Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, Al Horford, and Grant Williams as your starting five, that's a championship starting five. If you are the 76ers, and you have a starting five, you know, that, that consists of Harden, Durant, and Embiid, that's a championship team. Now, that means you'd have to trade off all your other pieces in order to get them. You know, you'd have to trade the maxis and, and all that stuff. At 15-1, to 1, if Durant stays on the nets, that number won't be there. And just think about this team. Even if there's turmoil during the regular season and guys sit out and there's uncertainty about trades coming during the season, whatever happens, this team is getting to the playoffs. You have to be very bad to not make the play-in tournament. The Nets played an entire season without Kyrie playing at home for the large part and with Durant missing extended period of time with no Joe Harris, with half a season of James Harden, they still made the play-in tournament. If the Nets are in the playoffs, you have a 15-to-1 ticket on a team that at that point, assuming everything is just A-OK, and they're playing Harden, Excuse me, they're playing Durant, Kyrie, Ben Simmons, and they're in the playoffs. They're the favorite. And you got it at 15 to 1. Might be time to put a little sprinkle on it. It might not look pretty, but the, the number's just too good on a team that has the potential to have such a short number. I'm Scott Sadenberg. You can hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S C O T T S O N A I R. Coming up next, we're going to get into football as uh, 
preseason gets kicked off. Well, it did last week, but week one of the preseason is here on Thursday night. We'll talk about the two games we have on the schedule and so much more here on The Look Ahead on VEASAN. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.